Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 1. This morning we're going to begin a study through the, the Gospel of John. And I'd like to share with you the life of Jesus through the perspective of the Apostle John. Four writers wrote the story of Jesus from four different perspectives. All of them were inspired of God, and all of them will blend together to give a clearer picture of the life and death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please stand for the reading this morning in John chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 18 this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. And, and, the word, and the word was with God, the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but it was sent to bear witness of that light. That, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this message. Dear Lord, I just pray you just bless the, the, the reading of the scriptures, bless the message that you that you put on my heart this morning. Dear Lord, I pray that people here today, they'll examine their lives and they'll see uh, and, and ask the question, do I know the Lord? Do I, has he made, been, is he my personal Savior? Or is he just someone we've learned about, someone we know about? Uh, have we made, invited him into our life to be our, our Lord and Savior? Uh, dear Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we uh, examine this uh, uh, this portion of Scripture, as we get into the uh, the book of John, I pray to you, Lord, that you would just open up our eyes to see uh, the hand of God working in the life uh, in, the, in the presence and the entity of Jesus Christ, the Son. Dear Lord, I just pray that you would just bless us this morning. Be with all the prayer requests that were mentioned today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. As John sat down to write this gospel, it was his purpose to tell the story of Jesus. Um, as I read the introduction, this introduction to John's gospel, I, these are the words that kept ringing in my heart. 
the title of that song, Tell Me the Story of Jesus. I don't know how that got into the lineup this morning, but uh, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm amazed at how that God orchestrates that uh, in, in, his, in his economy, how he, how he brings things together like that. Um, and, and that's what John does in these opening verses of, the, of the, his gospel. He's telling the story of Jesus. I, I don't know about you, but I never get tired of hearing the story of Jesus. Um, uh, I never get tired of hearing that Jesus came to this world. Uh, he lived a perfect life. He, he paid a debt he did not own. Uh oh. Uh, so, so that we could be saved and be forgiven of all of our sins. Uh, I never get tired of, of hearing about Jesus. I don't, I don't want to ever preach a sermon uh, that doesn't have Jesus as the focal point of that sermon. I, I don't want to be a part of a church that does not uh, promote Jesus in everything that we do. Everything that we do here is to point in the direction of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every song that is sung ought to be a song that exalts the name of Jesus. Uh, John said, I want to tell you a story. I, and I, I want to tell you the story of Jesus. And this is this morning is his introduction, is the introduction to the, to the book. Uh, one writer said that the introduction is kind of like the foyer, but I, I kind of think it's more like the front porch uh, of a house. Uh, and John says, let's sit down on the porch, let's uh, in one of these rocking chairs, and let me just kind of tell you uh, what I'm going to tell you. And, and when I get done, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I've told you. And, and that's what he does. So we're sitting here on the porch, folks, and, and, and there's a cool breeze blowing. And John says, I'm going to write a gospel, and it's going to be about Jesus Christ. I, and I'm going to tell you who he is, and that he is God in the flesh. He's not a demigod. He's not a superhero. He is the eternal son of God. Uh, and, and he says, I'm going to tell you in this gospel why he came. He came so that you uh, said so that he could pay our, our debt uh, so that we could have our sins forgiven. And, and that someday we could go to heaven. Uh, so in this introduction, you have all the things that are going to be discussed in the entire gospel. So you will notice in John's gospel that he uses some simple words. Uh, there are words like word, life, darkness, light, and believe. So he uses simple words. In fact, even in the Greek, uh, he used the simplest Greek words than in all the other gospels. Uh, you may think that John used a simple vocabulary and it's easy to understand, uh, but I don't think that John's gospel is a simple gospel. Uh, it, it may be only a foot deep, but it's a mile wide. Uh, and there's a lot of truth that can be learned from the Gospel of John. There are three things that tell us uh, in the, that he tells us in this text. And the first one is this: if we're going to tell, if we're going to tell someone about the story of Jesus, where would you start? If you're going to tell uh, the story of Jesus, you might begin in the with the manger in Bethlehem. And say, this is where the story of Jesus begins. I, I want you to know that's a good story, it's a true story, but that's not where the story of Jesus starts. Uh, if, if you don't see Jesus before Bethlehem, then you've missed the point. Uh, here's the reason why. If you're going to tell the story of Jesus, you must begin with a story of his preexistence. Uh, uh, and so as we look at the, the, the son's preexistence, there, there was never a time... When Jesus did not exist. Uh, there was never a time 
where Jesus was not the eternal son of the living God. Uh, but, there, there was, but there was never a time that he was, uh, there was a time when he was not the son of man, but there was never a time when he was not the son of God. Uh, then John uses some language uh, that may seem a bit strange to you. And, 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 you know, I've been a serious student of the word of God for many, many years. And, and I've read these verses and I say, I, I know what he's talking about. And, uh, but there may be some who have never read this before. And, and, and he said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and, and the word was God. You may be thinking, I, I don't know who he's talking about. Uh, he doesn't give us an introduction to the word. Who is this word? He doesn't give us an explanation about the word. He just says, in the beginning was the word. Uh, let me explain what John was talking about when he said, in the beginning was the word. Drop down to verse number 14. And it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. So whoever the word is, he became flesh or put on humanity. He is the eternal word, and now he is confined to time and space because he has taken on a human body. So this word existed eternally, but became a man. Uh, there was one other place where this term is used, and it's in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, and verse 11. It says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse uh, and he that sat upon it, uh, sat upon him, was called faithful and true. And, and verse thirteen it says, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now, now let's put this all together. The Word eternally existed in the beginning, uh, suggesting that he was before the creation. Uh, when he said that the Word became man. Then he says the word is coming back uh, in judgment. Folks, there's only one person that fits the, the description, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the word that existed in eternity was Jesus. The word that became flesh and lived among us was Jesus. The word that is coming in power and glory is Jesus, and is, is coming with a sharp sword that goes out of his mouth, and uh, with it he should smite the nations. That word is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So he says in the opening words, in the beginning was the word, and, and the word was with God, and the word was God. I, I love the boldness of, of John. Uh, he didn't beat around the bush. Uh, he plainly stated that the word was God. Uh, he's not leaving any doubt in his statement. He says with clear understanding this word was not only in the beginning, but that this word was God. Let me tell you why that's important. If this is not God in the flesh, if Jesus is not deity, if Jesus is not who he said he is, then Jesus is a liar. How many times do you have to tell a lie to be a liar? Well, if, you, if you're lying to me, it only takes one. Yeah, so, so number one, if Jesus is not the Son of God, then Jesus is a liar. We're going to be uh, seeing several times in this book where Jesus said, I and my Father are one. If Jesus is not the Son of God, then you can't believe a word he said. 
Let me tell you something else of why it matters. It matters that we believe the Bible teaching of the doctrine of the deity of Christ. If it's not true, then we can't believe anything that Jesus said. If he's not the son of God, then his integrity has been shot. And number two, if Jesus is not the son of God, then that means that just a man died on the cross for, in our place. On the surface, that may seem like it, that doesn't matter. Uh, on the surface, it may seem like that's no big deal. Uh, what difference would it make if it was the Son of God dying on the cross, or let's say uh, Barabbas dying on the cross? What difference would it make? Here's the difference that we'll make. It, it's all the difference between light and darkness. It's all the difference between heaven and hell. It's all the difference between salvation and damnation. What's that difference? Here's the reason why. He said, I, I can die for you or in your place, but it, but it wouldn't do any good because I have sins of my own to pay for. Amen. Uh, and you've got sins to, uh, of your own. Uh, and a sinner paying for the sins of another sinner, they're still unpaid sin. Uh, but Jesus was no sinner. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And as the Son of God, He clothes Himself in, in humanity. And the Word became. Did you see that? He became what He was not in eternity past. He was the Son of God, but not in humanity. But at a point in time, He became the Son of God in flesh. Let me tell you why He became in the flesh. As a son of God, he lived a sinless life. There was no one on earth who could point their finger at Christ and say, I know what he said, and, and, and this is what he did, and, and therefore he's a sinner. They would, have, they would have done that if they could. They tried. They made up lies, but they could find no fault in him. Even the one who betrayed Jesus said, I have betrayed innocent blood. There was no fault in him. He was innocent. Something else you'll never find where Jesus offered up a sacrifice to God. Because when you're sinless, you don't need to offer up a sacrifice. But as a man, because he had his humanity, they could nail his humanity to a cross. Because he had flesh and bone, he could wear a crown of thorns on his head. Because he had flesh and bone, they could pierce his side with the sword. Because he had flesh and bone, he could bleed and die and suffer. Because he was a man, he could die. But because he was God, he was sinless and could, and, and could pay our sin debt. Tell me the story of Jesus. It doesn't start in Bethlehem. It starts in eternity past. To be honest, I, I don't understand a whole lot about anything or anyone who is eternal. I can't wrap my mind around it. Uh, back before there was anything, there was nothing, there was God. I can't explain it, but I believe it. Eterni etern eternality of Jesus. But notice that he is called the Word. You want to know the heart of God? You want to know the mind of God? You've got to know Jesus. You see, the only way I can know your mind, the only way I can know what you're thinking, is for you to speak a word. Uh, to, to let people know what you have on your heart by your words. You let people know what you want by your words. 
As you speak to me, I understand your character and your desire and your needs. You see, it is your words that shows people who you really are. If you want to know who a God is like, look at Jesus. Because Jesus is the word. What would God think about a woman who had been married five times and was shacked up at the present time? What would God say about somebody like that? Well, we don't have to wonder. We can all know because this is what Jesus said. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. What would God say? How would you deal with somebody who was caught in the very act of adultery? You don't have to wonder. You don't have to use your imagination. You don't have to rely on speculation. We can know because Jesus said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. When Jesus spoke, that was God speaking. When Jesus acted, that was God acting. How would God feel about promiscuity and perversions and the immorality of the world today? How would God feel? We don't have to wonder about it. We, we can know. If we were to go late one evening to the city of Jerusalem, and go up to that place that gives you a, a panoramic view of the, the, the city of Jerusalem, you could see the city of Jerusalem, and you could see the temple compound, and you could see Mount Zion, and you could see across the, the Kindred Brook over to the Mount of Olives. You could see Jesus as he takes in that panoramic view. Then you hear him as he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her chicks under her wings, and you would not. You know what God would feel about the city, cities that have sold out to iniquity? He said, I would gather you. I would take you, but you would not. Jesus is the expression of God. He reveals the heart of God. He tells us what's on the mind of God. He is the word of God. There's a second thing in this story of Jesus. Not only his pre-existence, but also his purpose. Why did he come? Why did he come? Uh, in verse 4, he said, uh, In him was life, in Jesus' life, and, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Here's the purpose of the Son of God. He's the light. We will see later on where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I, I myself am a light of the world. And here John says, Jesus is the light. And, and he says, the darkness comprehended it not. John uses light and darkness as metaphors throughout the gospel. And darkness means... Not only in the Gospel of John, but also in the first epistle of John. John often uses darkness to describe immoral behavior. It's iniquity. It's sin. It's the opposite of holiness. It is used to contrast the sinlessness and holiness of God. So he is saying, here is the Holy Son of God. And the Son of God is shining. And here's the, the, the world in darkness. And the world rejects the light. Why? I, 
I, I want to tell you why. Jesus explains it in, in this gospel. Man loves darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Uh, that's why. Uh, that's why this world is deep into darkness today. That's why. They love their darkness. They don't want their deeds to be exposed. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Then he said, the world comprehended it not. Now listen, because the world does not comprehend the light that Jesus is, their refusal to accept the light does not lessen the light one little speck. Do you understand that? Jesus is the light, and Jesus will always be shining, whether man acknowledges him as the light or they don't acknowledge him as light. In fact, if you go to the last chapter of the book of Revelation, uh, there will be no sun or moon in that new city, and because Jesus, the Lamb, is a city, uh, is the light of that city. And, and, the, and the, that same light that will light uh, all of eternity is the light that is shining now. Jesus has the power to move into that life that is presently in darkness. Jesus has the ability to shine into that life and destroy the darkness. You say people here, you may not even know that it, 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 this has happened to you. But if you, it, it did when you got saved. Every saved person here, there was a time when you were in darkness. You were separated from the light. You were in the dark. When the light of God's glorious gospel of Jesus uh, shined in your heart, you believed. And, and when you believed, there was a flood of light that came into your soul. And you, you will never walk in darkness again. Isn't it good, great to be saved? It's good to walk in the light. 1 John 1, 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Tell me the story of Jesus. By the way, there's no darkness so great that the light of Jesus cannot shine into it and drive away the darkness. Do you remember the creation account over in Genesis? Here John Starts off by saying in the beginning. The book of Genesis. It starts off with in the beginning. And then. In that creation account it says. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said. Let there be light. And there was light. You know what I think. I think there's a connection between creation and salvation. And that connection is there was darkness until God spoke. And there was light. And in a lost person's life, there was darkness, there's ignorance, there's immorality, there's ungodliness. But God's Son, the Word, says, let there be light in that soul. And there was light the moment they believe. Let me tell you something. Not only can God create a world out of nothing, not only can God say to the darkness, of the universe, there is light, let there be light. And powerfully and beautifully, there is light. Uh, but God can speak a word of light into your soul today. Amen. One of the saddest statements in, the, in all the Bible, as we look down in verse number 11, it says, He came unto His own, 
and his own received him not. We would, be, we would not be uh, doing harm to the scriptures if we understand that this first own is referring to his creation. He came into his own, his own creation, and his own, his own people received him not. I, I, I want you to understand this. Uh, he who said, let there be light, and out of darkness came light, he was the creator of all things. He came to his creation, this planet earth, the people that he had made, the nation that he had called out and, and, and said they are uh, the apple of my eye. They, uh, they came, he came to his own creation and to his own people, his own unique called out people. The Jews received him not. Why? Why would they not receive him? He was their maker. He was their sustainer. He had blessed them. And now the Bible says he came unto them and they received him not. Why? Why would they not receive him? Well, here's the answer. Jesus didn't meet their expectations. He, he was not riding in on a great white horse. He was not carrying a sword. He was not full of ideas about how to overthrow the Roman Empire. Instead, he came preaching, repent or perish. And they refused the Son of God. He came into his own, and his own received him not. By the way, that verse, he came into his own, is applicable even today. He came to his own. He came to you. He came for you. Jesus came for you. He came because he loved you. You need to choose now whether you're going to receive him or reject him. I can't think of any good reason why these first century uh, Jews rejected Jesus. I know he didn't fit their expectation, but he didn't have to. He's the Savior. He's the Son of God. He doesn't change to fit our expectations. We changed by His grace to meet His expectations. He's the one that is God, not us. He came into His own, and His own received Him not. I, I, I still think that's one of the saddest verses in the Bible. They had a choice, and they chose not to receive Him. You know why people die today without Jesus and go to hell? They choose to die without Jesus and go to hell. Uh, it, it's, it, it's, I'm, I'm kind of tired of those, those people that will say, I, I don't know uh, how a good God can send anybody to hell. He doesn't. You choose to go to hell. He's willing to accept that all would come unto him by Jesus Christ. In John chapter three, uh, 6 and verse uh, 37, it says, uh, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Second Peter 3, 9, uh, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is God's will. It is God's desire. It is God's heart for you to be saved today. You can come. Talking about his pre-existence. We're talking about his purpose. 
Lastly, let's take a talk about his power, the son's power. Look at verse number 12. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But, I like that, but as many, that could be you. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And when he, when, when he talked about salvation, let's be clear, we're talking about receiving a, per, a person. We're not talking about accepting some creed. We're not talking about accepting a religion. We talk about being saved. We're talking about a real life person. That real life person is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, as many as received him, not it. But as many as received him, that's what salvation is. It's receiving a person. Do you see how simple that is? Uh, Paul said, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Uh, what do you do for, that, for the gift? You either receive it or you reject it. As many as received him. That's all that we're asking you to do today. You have to, you, if you haven't received uh, him, receive him. All through the Gospel of John, you'll see this. Believe. Over and over again. Believe. 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 Got to thinking about that. That's what I did. I believed. I can't tell you the date of the month. I can't remember exactly what I said. What I can tell you is that I believed, and I still believe. He said, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. This terminology, the sons of God, John uses all through this book. He uses it in first and second and third John. He is always bringing up this metaphor of the family. I like what he says. I like how he uses the metaphor of the family. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. God has only one begotten, one begotten son, but God has many sons. Those many sons are those who have believed on Jesus Christ. When you become a child of God, you are always a child of God. That relationship can never be broken. In verse 13 it says, when, when, uh, Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Nicodemus was a, a little confused about this term, being born again. He was mixed up, uh, mixing up the physical with the spiritual. This relationship we have with God uh, as being his son, as being his child, is not a physical relationship. It is a spiritual birth that is of God. And all we do is believe to receive. When we do, we are saved. If I were to tell you the story of Jesus, I'd tell you, he is the eternal son of God. If I were to tell you the story of Jesus, I'd tell you, He's the light that shines in a dark world, in a dark life. That's his purpose. 
If I were to tell you the story of Jesus, I'd tell you that he's the key to becoming a child of God. If you could be saved right now, if you would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, acknowledging and confessing your sins, you may say, well, what do I have to say? But that's not what the Bible says. Your salvation is not contingent upon the ability to get a prayer right. Your salvation is based on you believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's faith. And confessing your sins before Him. That's repentance. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Do you know my Jesus? Do you know the story of Jesus? Why don't you come and meet him today? Jesus wants to be your friend. He wants to walk with you through this life and help you every step of the way. Life is tough. There are going to be some problems. There's going to be some storms. There's going to be some sickness. There's going to be some death. Jesus is willing to go through that with you and to help you along. Those that have been saved, you've experienced this. You know that it's true. If you're here today and you've never been saved, why don't you come and experience it yourself today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for those that you brought together this morning. I pray to your Lord that you would just bless the invitation as you see fit. If there's anyone here that needs to be saved, I pray that they'll receive Christ as their Savior today. Be with us, dear Lord. Just let us examine our lives and see if we are where we ought to be with the Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.